Yes, after a few days off, we're back. Welcome back into the show, Power on a Monday. It is a Reaction Monday at that. Your calls are welcome at 765-287-1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter. A lot to recap today. Back-to-back wins over the weekend for Ball State men's and women's basketball. We'll talk about each of those coming up here in a little bit. Pacers are what I describe in a little bit of an in-between because a week to go until uh, the All-Star break week and a half that is and the trade deadline happens this week how aggressive are you and I think the 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 biggest issue they have is themselves in a lot of ways some in their control some out of their control we'll get to that here in a little bit and of course we know it's a major week in the NFL Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday and uh, just kind of the prognosis of where things stand with uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers coming up on Sunday. For those of you that aren't excited about that matchup, um, I, I can't help you. I just can't. I mean, y- you want a boring matchup or you want the best matchup because oftentimes the most boring matchup is the one that everybody expects. We want to generate storylines. We want new stories all the time. But the fact of the matter is, over the last five years, these have been two of the most, if not the two most consistent franchises in the NFL. Now, San Francisco hasn't won a Super Bowl in the last five seasons. The Kansas City Chiefs over the last six seasons have won three. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think you look at uh, the last six, seven years or so, and you're looking at these two teams at the top or near the top or uh, the, the most competitive year in and year out. So um, I, for me, that doesn't exactly boring but to each their own you're still going to enjoy the game regardless of what the matchup would have been unless it's you know know, your team uh, the Indianapolis Colts so um, I enjoyed a couple of great days down in the shun the 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 sunshine state easy for me to say it's been a been a minute since I've talked on the radio about four or five days but I want to thank Jared Boomer Zach Johnson they're always great uh, filling in for me Um, kind of a special fun weekend went down saw some family my brother was down there as well we uh, had ourselves a really really good time really good time Um, you know high 60s great food great drinks great scenery and with family it doesn't get that much better you know I got to see some uh, aunts and uncles and all of that while uh, in in, in just an awesome awesome place down in the uh, uh, the Florida it was awesome so pretty quick trip Um, actually the fact that Jared filled in for me on Wednesday, I was en route to Indianapolis, and this is how dumb I am uh, sometimes. So um, I came into work on Wednesday morning, and my goal was, hey, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to be done around 4.55. I'm going to jump out of the studio, jump into my car, and try to get the hour and 20 minutes to the Indianapolis airport. Okay, so people way smarter than me said, I I don't think that's a great idea with, you know, getting down to the Hamilton Town Center and, uh, you know, the end of the entry to 465. It's kind of a a little bit of a dicey situation. So um, 
had uh, some people in my corner because when I got down there around 4.45 on Wednesday, I was in standstill traffic and from reports of it, it was backed up a couple of exits so we wouldn't have made the 7.40 flight uh, to, to Florida. So it ended up being the greatest thing i was listening to sports talk radio on the way down it was outstanding and you know no stress got to the indy airport it was very very quiet you know sat at a a bar in the airport watched some good sports uh, it was awesome. Bartender was a gr- great time. We had a great conversation. I told him about doing sports radio. We were talking about sports-related stuff. I mean, it, it was perfect relaxation, man, on the way down. And then you get down to Florida, and it's awesome. You're sitting on the beach, and it's <laughs> high 60s, and it, the, the sun's beating down on you. That's what I was telling people today. It, it is wild. And I've told you for, time, uh, for a time, those of you that like to go to Florida in the summer, you can have it. It's all on you. I'm, I'm, hey, do what you got to do. I can't take the high 80s, 90s. You know, if I'm golfing or I'm out doing something, okay. But like sitting on the beach and baking in high 80s, low 90s, maybe I'm weak. That's possible. Like I'm the guy that goes out early in the morning to go run because I don't want to deal with the heat in the summer. But it is really, uh, it's really something when you're sitting on the beach and, and it, you know, you feel like you're baking. I'm sitting there, and my, my, my dad's to my right. I'm like, what's the temp? It was 65 degrees, and it felt like it was 85 degrees. It was awesome. It was fantastic. So, anyway, uh, enough about my, uh, my my trip. It was awesome. Got back at a decent time last night. We're back and ready to go. You know, it was fun uh, sitting there on Saturday. So went out to went out to lunch with some friends, uh, friends and family. And um, you know, about twelve thirty ish, we decided to venture over to the beach. We're there till about five o'clock. So I got you know the 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 beauty of this day and age in sports is you have the ability to watch anything on your phone, anything. So it's kind of great because I was able to stay with a lot of what was going on on the home front while also enjoying myself while watching what is, I think, the best scenery you could possibly have. And that is the sand and that is the ocean and that is, you know, a little breeze and just sitting there and soaking it all in. So I watched a bit of the men's basketball game for Ball State. Uh, watched a little of the women's basketball game as well. And so we were watching that, having some fun. Uh, of course, there were some high school-related things happening. By the way, uh, congratulations to Delta Wrestling, regional champions for the first time since 1996. So they are on to the next round of things. We have uh, uh, the girls' uh, basketball sectional complete last weekend. Daleville sectional champions. I mean, there was a lot of great things that happened over the weekend. But... Um, you know, I, if there was ever a time I could take this show down there and and do my job down there, that'd be awesome. That's not going to happen. You know, it's kind of like, you know, people in the radio business, we always ask for like our home studios. Hey, can I get a home studio? Yeah, that, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> so we, we could keep asking. It's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, a lot of great things happening over the weekend. Um, kind of weird. Not having football yesterday, but hey, you better get used to it because that's going to be seven to eight months of no football. And you know what? It's time for the NFL to get rid of the Pro Bowl. 
That was flat out ridiculous. Anybody watch that stuff? So um, I'm at the airport last night. Okay, um, my my plane gets delayed 45 minutes. So uh, my brother and I had a quick beer. He went to you know his gate because he's flying elsewhere, not Indiana, and I went to you know my gate in the Tampa airport. So uh, I'm trying to you know find a seat at somewhere and found a seat and sat at the bar and um, the Pro Bowl's on. So I'm like, you know what? Hey, I, I, if I was home and doing stuff, I probably wouldn't be watching this. But let me just watch real quick. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching. And within the first four minutes, there were four touchdowns scored in a flag football game. There was zero effort, zero urgency. It's not even a game. It was just a showcase of, hey, let's throw the deep ball. I mean, Jamar Chase had one, and then uh, DK Metcalf had one. I mean, it, literally, the, the the wide receivers were just blasting themselves behind uh, the the secondary. It was it was flat out embarrassing. It really was. But hey, um, whatever the NFL needs to do to continue to push its product forward, do what you got to do. But that was pretty bad yesterday. Pretty pretty darn bad. I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't expect much from the Pro Bowl, but. It was a constant reminder that, once again, uh, the All-Star games and those showcases and those exhibitions mean absolutely nothing. The NBA All-Star game's awful. The MLB All-Star game's awful. The All-Star Pro Bowl, all that stuff related, it's done. It's over. It's, uh, just get rid of it. You know, just get rid of it. So anyway, uh, lots to get to today. Again, Pacers stuff, uh, some basketball, all those sorts of things. We'll uh, get your thoughts, comments at MarkWMUN on Twitter, uh, 765-287-1340 as well. Uh, This show available via podcast, all those sorts of things. I mentioned that because that's the other thing I monitored. Uh, we, We got about 30 new followers this weekend. And uh, a lot to my page, a lot to the uh, morning show page as well. So, again, every single show we have on this station is available via podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Just search WMUN, the talk of Muncie. So, um, Let's start here. Ball State men's basketball had a big-time win over Western Michigan, 77-67. And I want to bring something up here real quick, okay? So... There's a couple of things that stand out over the last six. So over the, over the last three weeks, Ball State is 4-2 and two in those games, okay? Um, they were winless in Mid-American Conference play in their first five games of the season. Well, in these last six, they're now 4-6 and six on the season. Um, Ball State has won three of those away from more than arena, which is kind of interesting because for the last you know year and a half, we have discussed how great of a team this has been at more than arena. And, and you remember at the beginning of the year through the first, uh, what was that, seven games, you were seriously asking the question. You know, you lost 74-50 uh, to Evansville on the road. You lost 90-64 to at Arkansas Little Rock. Um then you went to Minnesota. Then you went to Kent State. And the inexperience and some of the things that you wanted to learn about this team was how were they going to survive away from Morton Arena? How are they going to learn how to win on the road? And I think as much as anything over the last three weeks that has been extremely impressive is three of those four wins have come away from Morton Arena. Now, it may bury the lead about, hey, what's happening at home? But the fact of the matter is, you it's no longer a thing to say, hey, 
This is a team that really thrives at home, on the road, get what you can get. It's not that at all. This team has really figured things out on the road. And, you know, there's some sort of um, – there's a comfortability factor, right, when you're at home. Sleep in your own bed, play in your own gym, have a uh, pretty uh, regular schedule. When you go on the road, your schedule is kind of thrown off. And there's a little bit of change, and there's adaptability, right? You, you may leave on a Thursday. You may pr- have a shoot-around on Friday. Uh, the, the game time and when you get to the gym and all those different things in your schedule, when you eat at night, when you meet at the hotel to watch the game and those sorts of things. And, and you may say, oh, hey, that's not a big deal, but, but it is. It, it's a deal because you got to learn how to – really take all that in stride, how to, how, to, how to adapt to it. And, you know, I wonder, because of the early part of the season, um, you know, some of those growing pains on the road may have prepared them for this time around. I would imagine that being the case. But clearly, uh, they're playing really well on the road right now. You know, uh, three of those four wins, by the way, th- these aren't wins that you're squeaking by, that you're uh, grinding out, having a five-point lead with five minutes to play and having to close it out at the free-throw line. This is, you beat Eastern Michigan by 14 and never really trail. You beat Buffalo on the road by 28, it's never even close. You never trailed against Western Michigan uh, this past Saturday, which, oh, by the way, Western Michigan is a top half of the league Mid-American Conference team. And you never trailed, got off to a 9-2 start, and dominated. It was a double-figure lead for the majority of that basketball game. I mean, you're not just winning on the road. You're thriving on the road. And so, again... Are they still a little bit inconsistent? Absolutely, because you go back to Tuesday against Bowling Green, and I don't think you were very happy with the way things turned out. Not not just that you lost, but um, some of the things down the stretch that you felt like you kind of you know, ran past the last couple of weeks. The, the way you were finishing games and all that conversation that happened two, three weeks ago, some of that reared its ugly head again against Bowling Green but the mark of a really good team and I think if 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 this team continues to progress the way we've seen them progress here as of late um you can point to the fact right you can point to the fact that they haven't lost back-to-back games since the Akron Toledo games three weeks ago And if you keep that streak up, I just love the fact that you have a little bit of that urgency, have a little bit of that, um, you know, kind of wipe the slate clean, which I think that this team dealt with some of the hanging on to when a bad result would happen earlier in the season. You're not seeing that anymore. And over the last three weeks, you're four and two. You haven't lost back-to-back games, and you have an opportunity at home against Ohio before you play three straight road games, including the second iteration of the um, Sun Belt Mid American Conference Challenge as you go to Texas State coming up on Saturday. Uh, before you have back-to-back games, Miami of Ohio and Northern Illinois. Um, so uh, this is going to be kind of an interesting little wrinkle in the schedule. You have two games this week, tomorrow against Ohio, Saturday against Texas State, before you then play a week from Saturday at Miami of Ohio, which we all know how that Miami of Ohio game went a couple of weeks back. 
I think you're going to really want to get up for that game because there's no doubt about it. That is one that still you look back and you say what could have been had you were had you been able to close out that game. I know you've had a couple of those. The Miami of Ohio, I think, spoke a little bit louder in that regard. Um, so anyway, uh, you've got you've got I think the toughest stretch of your schedule um is kind of coming here. The second time you're going to face a lot of these teams um, is coming. So uh, you've got uh, Ohio coming up tomorrow. And again, you're going to get tired of me saying this, but it's another game against a team in the middle of the conference. Another game against a team in the middle of the conference. So uh, what are you able to do as a result of that? So um, on Saturday, Ball State had four of its five players in the starting lineup in double figures, led by Jalen Anderson. The percentage shot not great, uh, but he did drop 20 points in the win, got to the free throw line with uh, pretty excellent frequency. And one of the things that, um, you know, we talked about so much last year is how much Ball State got to the free throw line. They were so good at getting to the rim, drawing contact, and getting to the free throw line. And I got to tell you, over the last couple of weeks, they've started to go back to that a little bit. Ball State got to the free throw line 14 more times than Western Michigan did. 14 more times. They made 13 more free throws than did Western Michigan. I mean, that is a way when you go into an opponent and you get to the free throw line with frequency and you use that physicality against them and force it to be a different style of game for the opponent, especially on the road, I think that's a great recipe for success. And it's rung true time and time again for Ball State when they get to the free throw line more than their opponent. More often than not, they're winning those basketball games. More often than not. Uh, The other part you're going to love is the way that Ball State played defensively. Uh, They forced 16 Western Michigan turnovers. So you you couple the fact that you turn over your opponent nine more times than you did. You get to the free throw line 14 more times than your opponent did. I mean, those are are just um, gut shots for a home team and forces that home team to scramble. Got to love it. Uh, but defensively, you're playing a lot better as well, which we mentioned this last week. So uh, in, in the last three weeks, in the four wins that Ball State has had in that six-game stretch, three of those wins, you've held your opponent to under 70 points. And you did it again against Western Michigan, holding them to 67 at home. And oh, by the way, the only time you allowed a team over 70 in one of those wins the last three weeks was a Northern Illinois win. They scored 71 at Northern Arena. So they scored like a point over 70. So You know, your defense is starting to settle in a little bit. Um, I think you like the way you're trending. And here's also something that I think is starting to become a factor. And I'm curious how this plays out. There's been a lot of talk about Trent Middleton Jr. coming back into the lineup over the last couple of weeks. And just another option to be able to utilize. Davion Bailey, um, he was playing really well. I think Jalen Anderson's been the most consistent guard for this team from start to finish so far, and we know what Bashir Jihad is, and I think Mickey Pearson's starting to come along. You are becoming more versatile. You are. Just by the number of games, this team seems to be the arrow pointing up, and you're not 
just rely on the top of the guy at the scouting report, which we know that's Bashir. We do. And you got to have Bashir be great because he's a first-team All-Mid-American Conference type of guy. But when you get those two or three others, which how many times were we talking about that over the last couple of weeks of the lack of depth? And, hey, if such and such gets in foul trouble, what are you going to do? Well, I think you're starting to answer that because you're naturally becoming deeper. I mean, think about it. Bailey and Middleton are young, young guys. Anderson's a transfer. You know, I mean, so much was put on the shoulders of Bashir and Mickey Pearson. But the fact of the matter is you got to get other guys that kind of settle into their role a little bit. And you're starting to feel that a little bit. Now, again, you're four and six in the MAC. You're 12 and 10 overall. By no means do you have it all figured out right now. You don't. You don't have it all figured out. But these last three weeks have been gigantic. And I think even last week, when you have the result against Bowling Green to be able to come back and and dominate, uh, quite frankly, against Western Michigan. I mean, dominate. That was never close. It was never close. <laughs> you, you, you led by double figures for the majority of that, and that is a good Western Michigan basketball team. You can make the case they played their most complete game at Western Michigan last Saturday. I think that's fair to say. I really feel that way. I just love the way they're playing on the road, and what a, what a strange kind of flip it's kind of been for Ball State men's basketball to have that. Um, Ball State, uh, you know, uh, of, of their four conference wins, again, three of those at, uh, on the road. I, you know, and coaches will tell you, players will tell you, there, there, there's nothing more satisfying than going into an opponent's gym and, and dominating, quite frankly, which, which is what Ball State did which is exactly what Ball State did. So uh, Ball State, Ohio tomorrow. Uh, We'll talk more about that as we go through the next couple of days right here. Ball State women's basketball wins again. Uh, They win against Ohio 97-66. So if you're keeping score at home, (laughs) I mean, the numbers are uh, unbelievable right now for Ball State women's basketball. So if you count the one two, three, four, five, six, seven games that Ball State has played in the last two and uh, three and a half weeks. There's only been one game. Actually, uh, I take that back. There have been zero games that Ball State has won by less than double figures. In three of those, they've won by 30 or more. They won by 32 against Central Michigan, won by 35 against Miami of Ohio, and 31 against Ohio this past weekend. It it is just spread out, complete domination, and the way they're playing on both ends of the uh, the floor. Um, Again, they just continue to roll. Uh, Ball State's last loss was against uh, UConn back in December. Uh, Their two losses all year long are to two uh, top 25-ranked teams, Notre Dame and UConn. Uh, they've they've they mastered every test. It's been so much fun to watch. Again, it continues with Northern Illinois coming up on Wednesday, uh, and that one is on the road. Uh, Ball State is 20-2 and 10-0 and and in conference play. Uh, we didn't mention this last week and should have, uh, but it'll be very curious um, as, as things start to come out here. Uh, the last coaches poll that came out, Ball State women's basketball, was the second team to not be ranked 
but receiving votes. They received 11 votes for the top 25. I would think I didn't really pay attention to what else happened in uh, women's college basketball over the weekend, but I would imagine there might be a decent chance that in the coaches' poll, Ball State could sneak in in the top 25 this week. But that'll be something to monitor. Again, the streak continues. Ball State 10-0 in conference, 20-2 overall. Again, far from over. They've got a lot of work left to do. But uh, the resume continues to get stronger and stronger for Ball State women's basketball. Thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook Live. We went long in the first segment of the show, but we had so much to recap. So much to recap. Um... We'll dive into a little bit of Pacers talk, and I'm look. I'm conflicted on on the Indiana Pacers. I, I really, really am because obviously they, they've they've done some really nice things this season, and um, they've been on a little bit of a roller coaster ride here over the last couple of weeks. But it's not even that. It's trying to figure out who they are, trying to figure out what you can hold your hat on, and also what do you do with Tyrese Halliburton? Because obviously he's the best player you got. But do you hold him back, uh, knowing uh, knowing how that's uh, knowing how that's going to get done? I I don't know. I mean, um, he's been announced to play uh, in the uh, NBA All Star three point contest. Is he going to start? Like, I- I'm curious if that's a good thing for the Indiana Pacers. We'll explore that when we come back. It's the power on a Monday. Give us a call at seven six five two eight seven thirteen forty. Back with you next. Yes, we're always presented by Walls Furniture and Mattress. Nebo Road in Muncie online at wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what's on the showroom floor in stock for you, 48 hours or less. That is the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference. Nebo Road in Muncie and online at wallsfurniture.com. It is a Monday, Reaction Monday at that. Your call's welcome at 765 287 1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter as well. So lots of college basketball. We'll get to that. It is the month of February. And truly, this is the most important month of the year Um, in any conference. I know, uh, I guess fans have some feelings about Indiana, about Purdue. Man, Butler, what a nice win they had over the weekend. Of course, Indiana State as well. I I watched a bit of that Indiana State game, and again, uh, the Cardinals saw them in the middle of December, and, and I think everybody knew at that point how good they were, but the Missouri Valley Conference is, is really, really good. I mean, it is a tough, tough league. Drake's been a really good team for quite some time in Indiana State, getting the big win uh, that they needed over the weekend as well. Um, but this is the time where you separate yourself and really gear yourself up for your conference tournament. And it's not just about – I mean, it is about winning. That sounded dumb when I said that. Of course it's about winning. But at the end of the day, you you can really find out who your basketball team is in this month more so than any other. It just kind of feels that way. A lot of, you know, a lot of leagues in the Mid American Conference is very similar this way. You you see a team for the second time. Um, you might even see them again in the conference tournament. Who the heck knows? Depending on the way the draw works out. Um, but especially, you know, Ball State women's basketball. Every game, I think people understand that uh, the the opposition is going to bring their best. Uh, for Ball State men's basketball, again, you know, attacking the middle of that conference. They have a lot of games against the middle of the conference that's going to make or break what ultimately is the standings at the end of the at the end of the road here 
So I think February is really going to heat up in a big way uh, and should be a lot a lot of interesting topics uh, to dive into there. Again, Ball State men's basketball Tuesday, uh, Ball State women's basketball on Wednesday. Speaking of basketball, uh, the Indiana Pacers, 28-23, and 23, um, snapped a three-game losing skid uh, after beating the Charlotte Hornets. Goodness, uh, they better. Uh, last night, 115-99. to 99. Uh, That broke. Uh, a three-game losing streak. And in context of it all, um, you didn't have Tyrese Halliburton against Boston. Played it to a five-point game. All right, wipe that one off. Knicks, uh, you should have won that game. You did not. Kind of weird the way you staggered those minutes. Uh, Sacramento uh, outplayed you. Uh, a couple nights ago, and then you're able to break the streak against Charlotte. So um, it, it's kind of weird, right? You, you acquired uh, uh, Pascal Siakam. Lost three, then won three, maybe had the best back-to-back wins of your season against Philadelphia and Phoenix. That was without Tyrese Halliburton. And then you come back with a three-game losing streak, and you just broke that with the win against Charlotte. Um, I don't think there's any question that this is a very dangerous team in the Eastern Conference. Okay, I don't know if this is a team that really any team would want to face off against regardless of where they're seated and right now if the if the season ended today uh the Pacers would be the number six seed in the Eastern Conference but um you know there 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 there's a couple teams within a half game to a game of Indiana right now we are not even close to that spot you know it's it's um uh, 51 games in we're not to that spot yet where we're talking about playoff standings. And by the way, um, the, the Pacers can still very much have an opportunity to improve their, their, their playoff position right now. The season ended today, Cleveland would be the matchup. And unlike seasons past, you know, one of the things I always ask Pat Boylan every year is say, all right, so it's Boston, it's Milwaukee, it's Cleveland, it's the New York Knicks. Who's the best matchup for Indiana? I don't think there's any matchup that I would sit there for Indiana and say, you know what, they hold their own in that matchup, and that includes Boston. You know, beating them a couple of times, that includes Milwaukee. You've beaten them three times. Um, Cleveland doesn't really scare me. New York wouldn't scare me. Philadelphia would. It's crazy to think about that. And so the natural standpoint of saying that is well hey you know Indiana is is a complete team they've got everything you need because you're not worried about any particular individual matchup but that's far from it like can can a team just figure out consistency can it learn how to be consistent what does it take to be consistent I mean honestly I can't tell you how many coaches I've asked over the years um, of, of a team that may go up and down, may win three, lose three, win one, lose one. I mean, how do you build a level of consistency? And if there's anything with this basketball team, it's that. And maybe it's just the glaring fact that Tyrese Halliburton's in and out and you don't have any continuity there. And it's not easy to step into the playmaker role that Tyrese is because Tyrese does it better than anybody else. And then you're asking it to be done by committee when he's out. I mean, that that totally shifts the way you, you, you attack. So naturally, you're going to have some ups and downs. But th- th- this isn't a recent issue. This is, 
you know, after the Pacers beat Boston and Milwaukee in back-to-backs, after they went to the in-season tournament championship, they come back and they have these lulls that you just ask yourself, um, uh, why? It doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I, the, the last... Nine to ten games has been quite a gauntlet of a schedule. I mean, I mean, if you really want to sit there and, and, and look at it in totality, I mean, here, here are your losses. Denver, Utah, Portland, Phoenix, Denver again, the Celtics, the Knicks, the Kings. They're all quality losses. But you would think, right, you would think this. You would think you'd be able to, oh, I don't know, maybe lose two, but grab one of those. But, you you know, I, I think they can beat Denver. Really do. They've already proven that they can beat Phoenix. The The loss against the Trailblazers is, is incredibly head-scratching. Uh, the Jazz absolutely ate you up uh, a couple of weeks back. So, again, you know, in, in years past, and maybe this is where the shift is starting to happen that we've told you about for quite some time. I've told you for a while that there was going to come a time where that honeymoon period's over. I feel like we're there. And it's a great thing, right? You win all these games. You win these games against top-level competition. That's a wonderful thing. It really, really is. But it heightens those expectations awfully quickly, does it not? Big time. I mean, it really, really ramps up, um, you know, your, 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 your thoughts on all of that. Because, I, you know, I sit here and, and you, you would just think because of all the quality wins. I don't know if there is a team in the NBA that is more quality wins than Indiana does. In the circumstances in which they've had them, you can make the argument Indiana is as quality win a team as they've had all year long. Yet, you're still asking these questions. You just wonder, hey, when is the consistency going to kind of take over? Because... Of all the quality wins they've had, there's still only five games over 500. You know, they've had these losses to the to the Grizzlies and the Magic, and um, even going deeper down the list, they would have these streaks where they'd remind you how great they've been this season and then have a loss that sits there and you're like, it makes zero sense. So, um, you know, this stretch right before the All-Star break, All-Star break is going to uh, come at the end of next week. So uh, you've got this full week again. Uh, the Rockets coming up tomorrow. The Warriors on Thursday. And then the Knicks on Saturday. I, I mean, you've, you've got a game every other day leading up to next weekend's All-Star break. So Rockets, Warriors at home. Knicks and Hornets on the road. Raptors on the road, and then it's an eight-day break right there. Uh, That streak is going to be very, very important. It it really, really is. And you're integrating Tyrese Halliburton back into the lineup, which is great. It's awesome as well, but that is also my question here. How do you navigate these next five games? It feels like there's not a restriction here, but... I, you know, I'd be awfully careful here. I just would um, because – and you don't want to hold somebody back. If he's fully cleared, so be it. But this minutes restriction stuff and the starting and going and staggering his minutes, I think the, the other night he didn't play in the first quarter because he was on a minutes restriction. It just – it throws everybody else's chemistry and timing off as well. And I, I, I guess 22 minutes of Tyrese Halliburton is better than zero. I fully understand that. 
but I have major questions about how quickly you can wrap yourself around the chemistry of this team. And oh, by the way, you have the trade deadline here coming up on Thursday. Do you make a move? And if you make another move, are you going through the same things that we're talking about here? By breaking up the chemistry, if you send Buddy Heald elsewhere, are you going to have enough time to get everything together to finally mesh and be ready for the playoffs? Like, you have your star player in and out. You just acquired your second biggest piece in Pascal Siakam. He's played all of three games with Tyree Saliburton. You're talking about maybe your best three-point shooter being shipped out and bringing somebody else in. It's, it's so many chess pieces that you're moving around. I get it. It's part of it. I, I understand that. But it makes you sit here and say, are you moving too much stuff around? And, and, and is... Is there going to come a point this season for Indiana where everything's just going to kind of settle and it's going to just stay in where it is so you can make the run and have some consistency there? That's all I'm curious about because they are probably the most dangerous team in the East. Are they the best team in the East? No, not from a consistency standpoint, but they are the most dangerous team in the East. I don't think, I, you know, I don't think Milwaukee would want to see them. I really don't. I don't think Milwaukee would want to see them at all. Um, they can beat Boston. They really can. You wouldn't want to play the number one seed, but you would feel okay going against them, knowing that you competed well against them, beat them a couple of times in the regular season. Um, so I just think it's an interesting spot that they find themselves in right now. And can they get out of it and show even more consistency as we head to April, as we get to that point where it becomes so interesting down the stretch. So uh, that's all my curiosity there. By the way, speaking of uh, the NBA All-Star Game, uh, many of you have seen the pictures of that uh, court that they painted in the middle of the Indy Airport. The only downside of it, there are no basketballs, and you can't shoot a shot because they have lids on the rims. <laughs> I, I walked through it, and I said, you know, what would make this airport experience better? Just grab a basketball, shoot a free throw, move on, and say I did it. Uh, but uh, it's a display. I'm sure they're going to do something there when the All-Star game hits there. But they did they did a wonderful job. I mean, they really it's, – it's, it's super neat walking through there and seeing that big court and that display. I thought that was awesome. Really, really did. So, all right, when we come back, uh, big week for the NFL. I don't need to tell you. We'll talk about that when we come back. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Jason May. Make sure you get all the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747-7100 today. Mentioned it at the top of the show, but we'll mention it again for those that might be tuning in late on the show today. Congratulations to Delta Wrestling. Their first regional title since 1996 completed that over the weekend and um look real, real opportunity to win a state championship as a team you know uh, in wrestling in the ihsa right uh, th- there's a lot of individuals that go and sometimes a couple from from each school but if if you are able to win it as a team it is a major accomplishment and delta on the uh, doorstep uh, of being able to do just that so uh, we'll keep following that story as we head through the next week or so um 
All right, uh, big game in the NFL this weekend, obviously. Last football game for the next seven months, and then uh, we'll get inundated with all of the chatter of uh, free agency and re-signing and uh, all the different madness that keeps really keeps the NFL alive. Like, the game action stuff is really a small snippet. If you want to think about it, the offseason is almost twice as long as the regular season exists. Uh, it's kind of weird to think of it that way, but that's the way it plays out. And, look, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, and the more they lengthen the season, I understand the the positives and the negatives to all of it, but um, more football for me, I'm down for. Uh, But the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, San Francisco 49ers, it's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday, and I, I said it at the top, and I'll probably say it all week long. Look, if you have any issues with this matchup I can't help you it, it, it truly is two of the most um, consistent franchises over the past decade and um, you know just just really good high level players on both sides there's one team that people expected to get there in that San Francisco I think people are, are, are a little taken aback and, and maybe they should get their due but the fact Kansas City's here again, especially after all the ups and downs that they experienced throughout the season, is really a credit uh, to, to, to how great they've, they've been. And um, they've had to do it a different way this year, obviously winning on the road and those sorts of things. I think it's going to be one heck of a matchup and may have the opportunity to be a pretty high-scoring affair. Now, uh, kind of crazy to think Kansas City may have the better defense in this game both teams have um you know I think San Francisco is the more explosive offense and then as it always is in football it's gonna be hyper focused on the two quarterbacks Mahomes and Purdy and all the different things and you know people think that they're on two very different levels but um you know I think San Francisco's got a better team around Brock Purdy than does Patrick Mahomes but at the end of the day it all levels out because of how great Patrick Mahomes is you all get tired of the Patrick Mahomes love. But he's pretty darn good, man. He really, really is. There's not a lot you can say about that. I'll tell you that much. All right. Uh, all right. When we come back, we will close up a Monday edition of the show. That's after this. Yes, we're brought to you by Sheriff Goslin Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Goslin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahlia or look them up at worryfreeroof.com. Couple of big events happening over the next couple of weeks on top of our coverage of high school sports ball state men's and women's basketball all of those sorts of things but um, you've got the big game this weekend you have the nba all-star game coming up it is darn cool it's in the state of indiana in downtown indianapolis we'll do a um, nice job with it all again i mentioned it before being down there uh this past weekend um they're, they're gearing up for it and should be a lot of fun. The question is, would you have Tyrese Halliburton a part of it or not, um, knowing the injury that he's dealt with? And it, it, it's nice to have that representation. I get that, but I think there's bigger things at stake. Looks like uh, he will be participating in all of it. So, uh, Ball State men's basketball in action tomorrow night. Looking for back-to-back wins as Ohio is in town for a 7 p.m. tip. We'll talk about it all coming up tomorrow. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend. We are back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, 4 o'clock right here on the Talk of Monty, the new WMU. And have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.